Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hipfire Podcast. This is the 26th episode, and today we're going to be recapping the recent Challengers Cup. We had the fifth one this past weekend, and we saw some pretty good action across all three regions. And before we get into it, I just wanted to also remind you guys that we are on Spotify now. I will leave the link in the description below for that. And uh, also, because of the translation on Spotify, we're going to include less clips and just kind of more graphics on for the YouTube side of things. So if you do want to see highlights, we do have a lot posted on our Twitter. So always go over there and check it out. Also, that'll also be in the description as well. Uh, we kind of post different exciting things happening in the Cubs as they happen. And any action we can catch goes up on there. So be sure to tune in on our Twitter you know, during the event and, and kind of catch whatever's going on on different streams. Because I know it's kind of hard to follow at times. Uh, so today, we're going to kick it off with the EU side of things. And uh, before I kind of throw it to Yasser and... He can kind of break it down a little bit more. Uh, we saw Rams take it home. So this is their second time in the grand final. The first time they got bracket reset and lost, which is you know heartbreaking. And uh, this time they get the job done. And also, I wanted to say the top eight in this tournament, I think are, I'm pretty happy with that, being the top eight in Europe. Like, yeah, I know there's a couple teams outside, like 3G and uh, a couple other ones that are competitive as well, for sure. But in terms of like a, you know, an upset heavy top eight, this wasn't that. This is kind of who you expect to be in the top eight. And we saw like really good series, a lot of crazy upsets and like pretty competitive play because of that. Uh, so it's really exciting heading into the Elite Series, which we'll uh, get into in a different podcast before the qualifier. Uh, but it's it's exciting because we we now have a pretty solid look at, at who the top teams are in the EU. And seeing them go head to head just makes me excited for the Elite Series. Uh, but yeah, so what was the big takeaway from the EU side of things? Yeah, so I agree with what you said. Um, obviously, uh, you guys should look out for either Friday or Thursday. We're going to be posting uh, a shorter video of our predictions for both NA and EU for the Elite Series qualifiers. So that uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. With regards to this past cup for EU, I mean, we obviously saw the Rams win. Vamos Rams. This was uh, a very interesting tournament for themselves in, in many different facets. Uh, they ended up taking the grand finals. Uh, they lost the first best of five, three two or three one rather, and they won the second best of five, three two. Um, one interesting thing about their entire run was um, every single match from top eight onwards, they won map five, three two against Singularity, three two against uh, Whalers and Co, three two against Obtained, and then also three two against Obtained in the second best of five in grand finals. So, bit of um. You know, it kind of mirrors how Atlanta Phase did last year, uh, where they were consistently winning map fives. It just uh, it's interesting to note that Rams, you know, they have that ice that they're capable of winning a map five. Um, although I think it also shows a lot of their other flaws in this game. Although they ended up winning this tournament, um, this was the second grand finals they had been a part of. Uh, obviously, the first one was when they lost two best of fives to Team X War or X Team War rather. Um, this time they ended up getting it done against uh, Team Obtained. Um, this grand finals was interesting. Usually when we've talked about this team in the past, their main strong points have been players like journey being really aggressive on the map and lucky, um, shutting it down uh, either in that flex position or SMG role. This time it was metal stepping up uh, as the second SMG. He, you know, he really impressed me in the grand finals. He had a 1.12 across, um, both series, a 1.26 in the first one, despite them losing, uh, he seemed to be their strong point. Um, obviously people are, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter in general, have been harping on Invidian for the Rams being a sort of a weak point for this roster. And we've kind of touched on it. Um, obviously, he's not going to be the flashy air that's putting up stats. But what I will say is that the Rams don't actually win this grand finals without him. 
Um, one interesting thing to note about the second best of five was um, in the control raid control, uh, there was like a couple seconds left in the last round. Uh, Rams run offense. Nvidia makes a really like interest like smart play rather to flank around um, as he, the rest of his team waits for them to push on to a point on raid control, and that flank single handedly won them that map because they it looked like it was done and dusted. They were down in lives. Uh, they didn't have much time left. But by him flanking and getting the kill on the Hixie, allowing them to collapse onto Obtained, was what allowed them to win that map and eventually the series. Because interesting um, to note is that they didn't win a single hard point in the Grand Finals. They lost all four. Like, that that should never happen. I don't care if Obtained's that good of a respawn team. You shouldn't be losing that many respawns. And it's what makes me wary of this roster. And it was what made me wary of Atlanta Phase last year, because even though they can win map fives, you know, you don't want it to keep going to map fives. You don't want to keep losing these respawns like they've been doing. But again, it shows that they have ice. It shows that they're a very strong team, which everyone knows about. They're obviously one of the best in the region. Um, so, you know, hats off to them. Uh, but Seth, I wanted to get your opinion. What did, what do you think about NVIDIA and all the comments that have been made? Well, so obviously there was a bit of drama on the, on the timeline and yep. a little trash <laughs> talk. Uh, so I'll just quickly recap what happened there. So basically mm-hmm. SNG and the Rams were playing in a hard point. And it was, I think it was game four. And yep. uh, they, SNG had a problem where player lagged out. And they decided to do a reset. And this was not obviously what SNG wanted, uh, but it's what happened. They wanted like a certain amount of points because they felt that they should, they should have won the map. Yeah, and- just, just, just for context in the situation, I was watching the map. Singularity, I think, was up like by 50 points. So they had control of P2 or P3. And that's why that's when the player dropped. I think it was bids. I oh, got you. So that's why they want to reboot. But yeah, you continue. Yeah. So so yeah, this, that happens, and then uh, SNG loses the game five, and are obviously pretty upset about it. So they go on Twitter and act a little, you know, a little annoyed. Which is you know it's fair to be annoyed, but at the same time, you know, there's no reason to to throw a player under the bus, and they did throw Nvidia under the bus, <laughs> saying that you know the Rams wanted to drop them and all this stuff. And uh, for Nvidia, it must be kind of tough because. You know, you're hearing that from other teams, and then also you know that your own performances and respawn aren't really keeping up. But like Yasser mentioned, right, they don't win this tournament without him. So at the end of the day, he's fine, and their team's fine, and they're comfortable with him. But on the timeline, that was quite spicy. And so it actually made me like kind of cognizant to look at how Nvidia was playing on the team. So I actually watched the winner's final match between uh, Rams and Obtained. And it's funny enough that you, you talk about how they didn't win a hard point in the grand finals because they didn't win a hard point in that one either. So <laughs> even in the winner's final, they had to win it in a game five because they lost both hard points. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and in that series, it was kind of the same two guys. It was Metals and Journey who really played well. Uh, I think I gave the MVP of the series to Journey because he had a, went 9-2 in the game five, but uh, Metals had a, actually had a higher KD with a sub, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but regardless, NVIDIA really struggled in that series uh, until the game five, he played fine, uh, but he, he struggled. But if he's making the smart plays, like Yas mentioned, and they're getting wins because of it, then there's not a problem. Then like, you know, like TK back in the day, won two events with 30 dropping like under 0.8s, yep. right? So it's not always about KD. And I think this was really a nice tournament for them, for the Rams, because, you know, on one hand, obviously they get the win, it's great. But on the other hand, it also builds confidence for NVIDIA, because especially after what was happening on the timeline and everything, to come out and win after that, it must feel really great for him. Um, and I'm sure they would have rather played SNG in the grand final, but yeah. <laughs> SNG uh, did lose to Obtain, so we didn't get to see yeah. that matchup. But 
the way these teams are playing, we're I think we're definitely gonna see that matchup a couple times. Oh yeah, you know, no, so we're, we're, we'll we're definitely, <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely gonna see that matchup going forward, and it's gonna be very interesting to see the comments afterwards. Um, but speaking of uh, obtain the team that they play in grand finals, um, uh, before I get to their whole roster mania, let me just talk about what the their previous roster uh, looked like. Obviously, the you know they had previously won a Challengers Cup, which was Challengers Cup three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which kind of caught people off guards. They've obviously been a top team in EU, but they've shown that they can compete with the best in the top four, and they've shown that consistently. And one of the interesting things I've seen with regards to this roster and team is um, their strengths in respawn, in particular the hard points. And it was definitely evident against the Rams. I mean, there were times, I mean, let me restart that. There Throughout most of their hard points, they almost were always getting all the kills on rotation, consistently getting spawns. And even in the rare cases where they weren't, they showed a strong affinity to be able to hold hard points from the, you know, less favored side. Like in the P3 of Moscow, they would hold it from, you know, Esky's side as opposed to the back. And it is against the Rams. And it was like key moments like this in the game where even if they don't have spawns, they're able to adapt and figure out ways to put pressure on the map without having the spawns is is what helped propel them to win those hard points and makes them such a strong respawn team. Um, I mean, obviously, Connor and, and Harry were shutting down lanes with ARs. Hixie looked really impressive throughout this entire weekend alongside Calum. I mean, Calum had some major moments. I mean, he had the four-piece uh, on one of the hard points that we, we posted to our Twitter, um, which if you guys are looking for Twitter clips, we have a bunch on our Twitter. So if you don't follow that, you know, be sure to check those out. Um, but yeah, Callum was a bit inconsistent at times, but as a team, they look very strong. S&D, as Infinity noted in the broadcast, is a weak point. They don't practice it a lot, and it shows, and that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't win. Um, but I, I think, you know, had they stuck together and, and done better in S&D, and, you know, with the help of Madcat, they could have, you know, been a bigger force. But as we saw today, uh, it looks like they are making a roster move. Harry has decided to join X-Team more in replace of Dave. So X-Team more will now be Josh, Dave, or rather Josh, Harry, uh, Nasty, and Vortex. And Dave is looking for a team, and as is obtained looking for a player. So Seth, what did you make of that roster change? Well, it, it's tough because obtained when they won, it was a surprise to everyone, including, most people, including myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fairy tale story, and you love that this team is able to progress and, and, and kind of like bite at the top four a little bit. Now they did it again, right? They did it twice. So it's clear that these guys are really good players, which to me makes it a little bit confusing uh, just because they have shown it progress and they were so close to winning their second title and they fall just short and then they call a roster change right afterwards. So like my original reaction was like, what are they doing? You know, like, why would would this happen? Uh, But then when you think about it a little bit more, there's there's that kind of the, the old saying of like, Maybe you hit, you hit your peak, right? Maybe the team feels like they can't get better than this. I mean, that's why, right? Maybe they feel like they could hit another level. Uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you, you there, um, just because I don't. Like, I get the sentiment, and I think that would make sense for. What did teams. wait? Sorry, but did they drop Harry, or did Harry leave? From my understanding, it sounds like Harry left. It wasn't that okay. Obtain dropped Harry. It was Harry. From what it sounded like, the timeline, Josh convinced Harry to join uh, this team. No, that's just well, based on tweets, but I'm not sure. If that's... So, so then in, in that case, then I actually think it makes more sense in that in that kind of way because I mean Harry did play with them before, mm-hmm. uh, like last year, 
And also, when you play with guys like Josh, who was just a part of an organization last year, you know, and Vortex has had league experience, if you want to make the jump to the league, you might have to kind of network a little bit and get into teams like in players' good graces. So maybe he thinks he gets in with Josh, and then Josh, maybe hey, I still has ties with some of the guys in Paris, and they can tell him, like, yo, Harry's sick. I mean, like, it's hard because... I feel like sometimes you want to pick a certain player because of their connections. Maybe that's what Harry's doing. I don't really know the full story. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't get to see the the comms that's true. these guys, so we don't we can't really say. Um, but you know, we can we can make random predictions and guesses of why it's happening. But in terms of just like what's next for these teams, uh, for the Orglis side of things, which is X Team War, very confused about roles. I assume like Josh will run main AR maybe, or maybe Harry, and then the other one will flex. Um, and then on the other side of things, for obtained. I'm actually kind of excited because I think there's a couple of really good players who are outside the top eight right now. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah. yeah, one of them being Chain for sure. He's definitely one of them. He could slide it right in with any team because he can play basically any role and he can do it at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also other guys out there like uh, Trotty or yeah, I know he played with Chain this weekend and they didn't mm-hmm. place the best, but he's still very good. Yeah, uh, or you can maybe try to pry one of the guys off of Hydra's team and go for that off or, the gangsters or even 3g um, yeah or even 3g yeah so there's, there's a lot of talent so i'm excited to see who they pick up it's actually kind of fresh and then for yeah. dave i'd i'd rather see him do what tama used to do and kind of pick up some random youngsters and roll with it um but i don't know where his motivations lie that's kind of my take yeah no 100 percent agree with you with regards to the last point i think that would be interesting i think the reason he might not do that is with the late series coming up you want the best seating possible. Uh, um, true. So yeah. You're going to want players, even if it's temporary, to find a team that at least he can secure a spot on the top eight. But moving forward, obviously, Singularity, uh, another team with a lot of storylines around them, placed third. Um, so they had a lot of drama going into this uh, cup itself. Obviously, after Cup 4, they had been consistently placing around the top six, and they weren't happy with their performance. And as a result, they decided to pick up Chain and replace for Detain. And from what we understood was that Chain, uh, he even at the time when he was picked up, it was still not on great terms with a lot of the Singularity players. Uh, so that was really interesting. And that experiment only lasted two days because after that two days, we saw Chain dropped. He obviously had that tweet where you know it was he was talking about oh like if you DM me, I'll uh, I'll send you like the strats or whatnot. And, bit unprofessional from him his standards um but they ended up singularity that is picking detain right back up and in these kinds of situations you know it's really hard to tell how much they'll do or how how they will improve because really they've kept the same roster and all they've really done is dropped uh detain and picked him right back up and you you know everyone's going to be thinking about that you know that's in the back of their minds but instead of you know playing poorly and letting that affect them it almost helped them thrive. It looked they looked way better than they did in the past couple of cups. Detain looked the best he has ever had looked throughout this entire game. Um, he looked like he was consistently putting on pressure. He was winning majority of his gunfights. He was making key plays at key moments. I mean, I just think back to their their matchup against Orglis in losers finals. Uh, there's a clip of it on Detain's Twitter if you go check it out of him like getting two or three kills um in like a last second like map four hard point win for singularity and like you hear all the guys rally behind him like they're all still great friends um but like to, to see that moment i think just gives them life because they're all extremely talented bids we've talked about one of the best players in the game without a doubt um 
and they ended up showing at the top three placement. Uh, you know, just looking at the teams that had to play, they obviously had the heartbreaking loss map five to Rams. And then they make the losers run. They beat House Tarth Rio, which is pretty shocking. They beat Orglas 3-1. They beat Gangsters 3-2. But they end up running out of steam against Team Obtained. Obviously, it's a long day. You could, you could say that they're maybe out, but out of it. Uh, it was a tough matchup. I mean, just looking at the stats um, from losers finals, uh, none of them were positive. Uh, Maple had a 1.0. The rest were all negative. So that's obviously not a great uh, point. Um, it looked like in response, they were sort of outmatched at times from obtained. They were constantly losing response. Um, the only map they won was the S&D, which makes sense considering obtained issues. But yeah, just a bit positive movement for Singularity, which was something interesting to see. Uh, but moving forward, obviously, we have Team Gangsters, which placed fourth, which is a team Seth and I were very high on. We obviously had uh, their analyst slash coach Potsy on the podcast uh, during the last cup recap. Um, and he gave a lot of information about this team. Obviously, they picked up Henry for chain, and they looked better. I mean, going into this event, they played in numerous scrims, were dominating all kinds of teams, Orgulous Rams, Singularity, winning all their scrims. They looked like quite the force. If anything, they looked better with Henry than chain because it allowed Kessa to move to a flex, where even though he's a natural sub, he played flex very well this weekend. Henry and Hydra looked like a very strong sub duo. And Whalers, he's been one of the top three ARs in the EU scene um, this year. So they looked like quite a force. Obviously, uh, they end up having to play the likes of House Tarth in round one. And this was a kind of a tough go, but they ended up taking them down 3-1, the defending champs. And the way that they did it was quite entertaining obviously if you haven't gone back i suggest you go back and watch map four uh garrison hardpoint where they were down over 100 points it was like 220 to 127 or something or 227 to 127 and you just see they listen to their communication how strong it is how calm it is whalers gets a nice three piece to open up uh you, you see henry and hydra you know pushing out the spawns uh, Kessa getting kills when he needs to, and they as a team come back and win that map and win the series. And it's like, oh my god, this team beat House Tarth, a team that they didn't beat the week before. They show that they have composure. They show that they can they can beat anyone. And you know that that was really interesting. To see. Obviously, they end up falling to Rams in a map five. Um, they end up playing Connect Four in the losers finals. And one of the interesting things to note was they lost first map and Potsy, like you could tell their energy was down and he gives them a speech. He's like, Hey guys, get the comms up, get the energy up. We can beat these guys. Like, I don't know why we're like so lethargic. Let's get talking. They win the S and D and they win the rest of the map. So I think that was a pretty key moment to talk about. They ended up obviously falling to singularity in map five and it's tough. I mean, this is a new team uh, for them. Uh, still very fresh. So I expect them to improve as, as they continue onwards. Um, but that sort of wraps up my thought on the EU scene. Obviously, we have Orglis we talked about in Connect Four, who, you know, they they uh, they didn't play as well as they did the last cup, but like they're still a top team. Obviously, um, the only other thing I think interesting to note is House Tarth uh, placing us to the top eight. Uh, I wouldn't think too much of it. I mean, it was it was a, it's one tournament. Uh, they didn't look good that weekend, but uh, I wouldn't expect them to place like that regularly. But what did you think of the EU scene overall? Yeah, so just like grabbing up our thoughts on the EU scene, um, I want to mention also for gangsters. I, I was talking to Yasser about this. Mm-hmm. We genuinely think like Whalers is like a top AR in yep. the EU scene. Like he's he's way up there. He's calm, like, comms. He shoots incredibly straight. He like he's very clutch. Like he has all the qualities you want out of a main AR. So definitely look out for Whalers. And also the the whole switch of like Henry for Chain 
kind of proves the point for why like there's a lot of talent in the scene because mm-hmm. obviously Chain's a lot like very highly talked about, whereas Henry's less known. And you know he, but he gets a chance to play on a, on a better team, and he makes it makes good of it. We saw the same thing last week with Felon on Connect Four, right? He gets the chance to bump up there because of some roster mania, and he makes good of that chance. So I think there's like. It might, it might sound crazy to drop or a player to leave after getting second or whatever, but there's a lot of talent out there, so it's not like over mm-hmm. for a roster. There's always good like players waiting to get picked up, so um, there's definitely just like a ton of talent in the EU scene, even outside the top eight. Um, but yep. yeah, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on Europe. We got a pretty good idea of who we're going to see in the Elite Series. So the qualifier, I, I mean, I shouldn't have too many upsets but you never know right well yeah we'll um, discuss that more in our, our video on thursday so yeah that, yeah so uh, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that on, on thursday but so with that we'll get on to the na side of things so in na we saw the subliners academy taking it home wait big wait, win not, for not wester no not wester so yeah oh, okay. so you might seem surprised the four-time defending champs are not even in the top six not even in the top eight so they fell early to Slammed, and uh, it kind of, I mean, Slam shouldn't have been playing Wester for top eight, but because Insight had less pro points, I guess, than Moach, yeah. it ended up being that way. Um, so obviously that, that roster mania resulted in a pretty tough matchup to get into top eight. And we talked about it a lot in North America, where getting top eight is already an accomplishment because of how talented everyone is. But we never imagined that Wester would be the team not making it to top eight. Yeah. Um, but it happened. And that allowed it for a new champion, which is always fun. And when as soon as Wester got eliminated, it kind of almost like paved a way for Subliners Academy in a way, just because they did seem like kind of the next best team, especially after UC, UT Crew kind of split up. That like the next best after after those two, or even better than UTC Crew, was the Subliners Academy. So yeah. to see them come out and take it was not a huge surprise. And if you saw them play at all this weekend, it was not a surprise at all. Like they were frying. Most teams they played, just like uh, I know that our tweet, Choo Choo Train, just literally steamrolling teams. Yeah. Um, and um, before we before Yas gets too into that, um, I just kind of as a as a whole thing about NA, um, because of how many talented teams there are, there are going to be upsets, and whenever there's upsets, there's going to be accusations of cheating. It's just going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, and I don't want to say, I don't want to click, like, clean people's names because I have no idea who's cheating and who's not cheating. What I will say, though, is if like Activision obviously needs to include the anti-cheat, but they're probably not going to. So uh, from that point moving forwards, I don't like the idea of having Paul uh, on Twitch calling out individuals and enforce them to stream. To me, that doesn't really seem like a good way of doing it. Um, I don't know what a better way is. Maybe having some kind of like proper... Like council of of maybe pro and and players together making decisions and, and asking people to stream, but the way it seemed on on Twitch uh, on Paul's Twitch, it seemed a bit too much like a witch hunt and seemed a bit unfair. Uh, but uh, that's just my take. Like I just didn't like maybe feel uncomfortable just having somebody on Twitch saying like, "Oh, you got to stream your point of view. I want to watch your point of view." Like, um, I get it, right? It's it's it shouldn't be a risk for the other person, right? But it, for me, it just felt a little bit uncomfortable, and uh, I hope we get some kind of form of, of something anti-cheat wise at some point because the way it is right now it doesn't feel great uh, with that being said though a lot of crazy upsets and mm-hmm. um yes what, what did you see in the na scene yeah so i uh, just wanted to break down obviously the subliner academy's uh the win a little bit talk a little bit more the talk 
more about them rather obviously uh pretty cool for us was the subliners uh account followed us and uh, we had a lot of the players um one thing i want to talk about actually um even before all that is um sparts family and how much support they show it's really uh really like it's, it's a nice sight to see like to see their mom their sister their dad all in the you know twitch chat on twitter you know supporting you know their son their brother um in this endeavor because too often we've seen families sort of shun and not understand esports, and and we we can kind of understand where they're coming from because it, it is a very foreign industry and in, in foreign space for a lot of them um a lot of their the parents but to see you know people like sparts family dive head first and then show all the support you know it's really nice to see and something that i, I wanted to point out but with regards to the uh, new york subliners run obviously you mentioned yeah it it didn't look like anyone was going to be able to touch them this weekend. I mean, they dropped, they didn't, or rather they didn't have to go to a map five, the entire, uh, entire run to, to this cup five, which I think shows how dominant they were in particular in respawn. And obviously, um, if you look at most of the teams that comprise this, uh, top eight, majority of them have gone through roster changes within the past couple of cups, New York subliners, obviously being one of them, but that change was very minimal. It was low frosty and for diamond con. And, they honestly look kind of better with Glow Frosty than Diamond Con. I think it's because Diamond Con's a bit more aggressive than Glow Frosty. Um, that Glow Frosty's playstyle may suit a team like the Subliners better. I mean, looking at Grand Finals, Spart had a, a .91. I'm sorry on the tweet. He had a .91. Prelude, uh, a 1.08. Oh, maybe I got that wrong too. Shit. Saints had a .9 and Glow Frosty a 1.31. Glow Frosty obviously in Saints, uh, you know, made incredible plays throughout the entire Grand Finals. Oh, this is winners. I was looking at. But anyways, regardless, the, the stats stay around the same for the most part. Obviously, the Saints, I mean, really everyone on their team stepped up when they need to and made some incredible plays. And together, they looked incredible in respawn and almost even better in SD. And I think that's a testament to how they've been screwing pro teams as well uh, as of late. So that obviously they get better practice. Um, but again, they look like the clear cut now number two um, in the region. And I really want to see them play Wester and see how those two teams go up. And hopefully we'll get that in the elite series. But um, yeah, Seth, what did you think of uh, New York? Yeah, I think you hit on the nail on the coffin right there. Actually, you kind of did a good job breaking it down because it really was Glow Frosty and, and Diamond Con's playstyles for me that kind of broke it down because one thing it also does is with a solo AR, it opens up the, the kind of the, the field more or the, the map more for your sub players. And Nato was frying. Like he was on fire this weekend. Uh, and for Nato individually, he's only going to get better as the year progresses. You know, I don't know what kind of headspace he came into the AM scene with this year. It seemed like in the first cup, it was mostly jokes, you know, and kind of having fun and just like enjoying Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. uh, but now it seems like he's taking it more seriously. Obviously, this, uh, like Yas mentioned, this team is scripting pro teams now. And so for Nato, like getting to practice against like obviously guys he was just competing with last year, it's got to be feel good for him. And he wants obviously to get back to that position. So uh, he definitely hit another gear this weekend. And I would expect to continue to see Nato play well. And uh, he could definitely be on a league team, like without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's Saints. This dude's been like a, yeah. you know, a legendary cop player for such a long time. So I, I do think that, you know, his approach this year may not have started out the best way, but I think it's in a great place right now. And you can see the progress, like just eye test wise. You can see he's snapping better and playing better. Because like for the rest of the team, like Spart was, has been great since the game dropped. 
You know, Homs has been frying since the game dropped. And uh, who's the last for on the team? I'm, I'm liking right now. Perlute? Oh, Perlute's been nasty. Yeah. So, like, all three of those guys have been great since the game dropped. And, and now that's like Saints is now stepping up and making highlight play after highlight play, it seems definitely scary. And you're right. Like, we got to see the matchup against Wester because it's definitely going to be a close one. Uh, but for yeah. me, I, this what, what's up? You can go. Yeah, no, no, you can see, continue. I was just gonna. So for me, I actually kind of watched more of UTC Crew this weekend than mm-hmm. Subliners, to be honest. Uh, and I really I wanted to look at how the change was, you know, without Sib. So Sib yeah. obviously finished top six on on Maki Mock, <laughs> playing with uh, Cells and Hollow. And for Cells and Hollow, thank God they finally had a good placement this year. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rough start. Uh, and then the KC Pioneers, I don't want to talk too much about them because I've you know, I don't want to touch on the cheating stuff, but you know what? Good, good on them. They suck it out. They uh, they dropped Nova for Destiny, and they made mm-hmm. an improvement, and they placed top six, so good on them. Uh, Anthrax, you're a god. I don't know if you're cheating or not, but you're a god. <laughs> but still, you know, top six is a good placement, so good for them. But for, for UTC Crew, the new one, it's uh, Rex, Yeez, Jinchord, and Phantoms. I actually mm-hmm. didn't really know much about Yeez, to be honest, before this year. Uh, and he didn't play the best this weekend uh he was fine you know definitely was seen better in search looking at the stats right now he he definitely struggled a little bit in the hard points but mm-hmm. when you have jinchroid phantoms and rex it's a little bit hard to stand out in hard points because especially rex and phantoms they were just out everyone so the two series i got the stats for was against dgen and against slammed and so against slammed the respawns were close because Insight on Slam side was really stepping up. And mm-hmm. we know that Slammed is going to lock in Respawn and be better in S&D. That's kind of yep. expected for those guys, right? Um, but they were closer because of Insight. Insight is, in my opinion, and other people's opinion as well, is a bit better of a Slayer than Moach. So um, <laughs> he was take. helping them out more. <laughs> yeah, hot take. Um, but on the counter side of things, uh, Rex and Phantoms just cannot slow down. So in that series, Phantoms had a 1.35 against slammed and rex had a 1.12 and so they yeah those two guys alone just kind of dominated and uh yees did not have a good series in that one but then in the next one against team tgen which is obviously cruz's team so let's go cruise i'm so hyped <laughs> about that this dude's had the passion from day one coming over from uh, new zealand or australia apac region and he's been grinding it and i love to see that he, he fought covid <laughs> he's doing great yep um but uh they ran into a to a tough opponent. In that series, Phantoms, he lit it up. He had a 1.9 in the hard point, then a 1.6 in the S&D, and then he had a 3.0 KD in uh, the control. And Rex also had a 3.0 KD in the control as well. So it's interesting to see UTC crew do that well in respawns, because I actually thought that Sib was like, you know, the ungodly respawn player. He's also great in search as well. He was great at everything, right? So I thought that yeah. maybe they would take a hit not having him there. But really what it did is it opened up the, the map more for, for Rex. Like Rex really had a license to go out there and just fry, and he did. Like He took full advantage of that. He kind of was just snapping on everyone, and I think maybe it is because you remove another slay-heavy player like Sib, and Rex kind of fills the role instead. And he looked fantastic this weekend. So for, for that team... Uh, you know, to see that much success right away is pretty great. Although, to be fair, right, in the loser bracket run they made, they did have to be slammed and DGen, who are not slay-heavy teams, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I do want to see them play against like Western, and I want to see them play against, you know, maybe like BBG. I'm not sure if they matched up, but you know, matchups like that where they did they did uh, beat BBG three one. They did BBG. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good win then. Yeah, so that's fair. So yeah, maybe maybe they are just that good at response, but um, it was hard to judge on the, on those two series just because it wasn't yeah. even close, right? Like it, it wasn't really competitive yeah. in the response. Uh, but yeah. what you make of the rest of the teams in this in this bracket? Uh, just to quickly touch on UT crew, I, I think I agree with a lot of your points. I think what may have helped uh, Rex is that, and one of the issues with his last team with Sib was that they fought a lot. And this was mid game. They would argue mid game. And I think having players that uh, presumably weren't, you know, in, com- in com- a combative mode with him that were able to, you know, take heed of what he was saying in game and listen to him and play more cohesive allowed him to perform better and i, I think you can say it a lot about a lot of players um so i think for ut crew that might have you know led to the success obviously like you mentioned i have their stats of what they played new york subliners in both winter semis and grand finals and winter winners sorry winter semis they got outslayed i mean not a single player had above uh 1.0 uh they ended up winning actually the first hard point but the rest of the series was uh, kind of a a shit show for them. Yeah. And then you look at the, the grand finals was kind of the same scenario. They won the first hard point uh, pretty dominantly. And then the rest of the map, they just, the rest of the series, they kind of get run out of, run out of the building. Um, they just really weren't able to keep up uh, in both, in both scenarios. Um, you know, at times it was easy, obviously not having the greatest series. Jin Choi not having the greatest series. I mean, their S and D is what really hurt them. Um, in my opinion, against these other teams, because even though they're a strong, uh, respawn team because they're so new they didn't have the snd strats um that some of these other teams do and as a result they they uh they faltered so as they play more i expect them to get better at snd and uh, you'll see more improvements i think the only other team i really want to touch on is slammed um obviously uh more people know them as toronto academy uh they as you mentioned are always going to be a strong snd team and they took down wester and when you think about it I think they're the perfect team to take down Wester. They're, they're the team that makes the most sense that would take down Wester because Wester is so dominant in respawns um, that the one thing that you can sort of nitpick at is their S&D. Now, they're a very strong S&D team in their own right, but that's Slam's bed, bread and butter. They love S&D. The players they have, Onyx, Scrappy, Teskey, Inside, all very strong S&D players. Their strats are really unmatched. Uh, their mid-game, in-game adjustments are, are what help propel them. And I think if I was to call any team to beat Wester, beat them because they could take the SNDs, which they did. And all they really have to do is take one respawn. And as people keep noting about Onyx's uh, host, say what you want. They took a respawn off Wester, and that's all they need to do to win the series. So hats off to them. Very impressive. Um, but once again, we see multiple new teams, whether it be Casey Pioneers and Team G-Gen and, or Maki Mock making top eight and even higher this event made top eight, that it, it makes the Elite Series qualifiers just crazy. We're going to touch on that on Thursday, but it's just something to note is that with how much volatility there is within the top eight, it really makes teams like Subliners, uh, UT Crew, or, and Team or team Slammed um, stand out more because they're the ones that are able to consistently place within the top eight. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, like teams like... Tgen and and Makima and, and uh, Makima, they should they should make it I think but like pioneers, it's yeah it's it's great that they play well in this cup and made, made it so far but it's gonna be really hard in the uh, in the qualifiers it's just a lot of good teams and but like like we saw here right in the qualifiers we might see a team 
that we expect to make it not make it just because of how competitive it is. Yep. And, and on that note too, for, for team DGen, like obviously this placement's crazy and like I, I don't think anybody expected it. They did say that they were playing teams really, really competitively in um, scrims and just weren't seeing it in the cups. And for a team, like I, I know obviously they're saying that because of course they're going to say that, right? But yeah. um, for a team that's young and, young and inexperienced, it's not a huge surprise that that would happen. Like uh, you got to remember, like the, a lot of these players, maybe they haven't even played on land before. Like as a team, right? They haven't had that experience before, and these cups mean a lot to them and might mean more than to them than other teams. So they might fall under the pressure. Like it's definitely a possibility they might get host hosted one map, but then just not be able to regain and not have yep. the composure because they're not used to it, right? So for these young teams uh, that can do well in scrims and are not seeing the results in the you know in the in the cups, keep grinding because you'll get there. And we saw it this weekend. Like teams that can play competitively and that have competitive players, like they can do it. You can definitely pull off upsets. And for the elite series, like it's what thirty-two team qualifier. Yep. That, yeah, that's a lot of possibilities. It's a lot of potential for upsets there. So, I mean, to give um, you an idea, but, yeah. the 32 seed um, this past cup was Stolly, Borge, Dasa, and Jet TV. No offense to any of those guys. I do not recognize a single name on that team. Neither do I. But it, it just shows you there's a lot of teams that are going to qualify for this and they're going to play in this and that uh, have potential for upset for all we know. Yeah, but I think that's going to kind of wrap up, wrap up our thoughts on the, on the yeah. Cup 5. Um, just, yeah, awesome cup. We got a new winner in NA. We got a new winner in EU. But in APAC, we had a consistent theme of the Renegades winning. I know they dropped one cup this, so far this year, but they're back and are on top again. However, uh, they so I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately, because you know it's rough on the timing side of things, and we got to cover EU and NA as well. But from mm-hmm. what I saw on Twitter, it was a crazy series. I believe they beat the Chiefs beat them in the winner's final 3-2. And then the Renegades dropped down to losers and then beat the Chiefs in 3-2 with 3-2, so a 10-map series. Both best, both game fives. So to me, that's that points to two things. Like one, it points to you know, maybe the Chiefs are catching up and, and getting better and are closing the gaps, you know, so to say. Or it also speaks to the fact that the Renegades may have been complacent and the, the fact that they already lost a cup this year also kind of points to that as well. Um, but I don't know. I hope it's that the region are getting better. But the more likely scenario is that without better opponents running against the scrim and scrimming people that are not as good as them, right? That's yep. going to kind of automatically close the gap. So that, it, to me, it makes like makes last year even crazier. The fact that they were able to win that many in a row and do it that dominantly, scrimming those teams all the time, makes it even more crazy. Because like yep. I expect it to be more like this, right? Where eventually the other teams are going to catch up because you're not getting better practice and they're practicing you. So they're going to get better. So the fact that they did that last year was insane. Uh, but yeah, I, if it's going to be this competitive more often, I'm definitely going to try to tune into it in the future because, like, a, like a ten map series, like count me in. That's that's awesome. That's intense. Um, but what I are think, your thoughts on the eight pack region? Yeah, no, um, I think you you summed up the thoughts pretty well uh, about teams catching up. Um, I think my my only comment is, what are these teams going to do? Because as we are well aware, there's no qualifier series for these rosters um, for these teams in APAC. So there really is no benefit for a team like Renegades or Chiefs to stay in APAC. Obviously, given the climate, given COVID, given everything, it's not like they can just up and move to North America or EU and compete against them in these qualifiers. But I would really, I mean, we saw, I think, on MindFreak, uh, the MindFreak CEO was jokingly or non-jokingly saying, hey, Renegades, can I get my team back so I can send them to an A? 
And it just made me think, if Renegades was able to compete in the NA Challengers Cup and compete against the Elite Series, it'd be really, one, it'd help a lot of their players improve. Guy were really high on, like, Pred. Um, they could actually develop themselves and get better. Because if you're consistently beating down the same teams, um, you're going to build poor habits. Or you can build poor habits, or at least you're not going to be able to you improve. Like, if you're competing against the best of the best, you're, you know, it's like that that's saying, you know, iron sharpens iron or whatever the fuck the saying is i can't remember but it, i think my only note is i'm really curious to see if that will happen if they'll make that transition um because if they do it it, it i think it'll benefit them i don't know if it'll benefit the apac scene but it, it's clear that the cdl um doesn't view the apac as a, as a scene that's worthy of the elite series which is kind of unfortunate but yeah that's all i have to say on the fact yeah, hopefully there's some opportunities for them in the future to make it over to NA and kind of. I hope they do what kind of a cruise does. You know, if the whole team can't make it, maybe like Predator just gets out there, does it himself. But you know, we'll see. Uh, but with that being said, that kind of wraps up our thoughts on the cup for this this past weekend. Again, like we mentioned before, on you know Thursday or Friday, we're going to try to upload a uh, kind of prediction for the qualifiers for the lead series. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we've been loving like uh, kind of covering the AMC. It's been competitive. There's been a lot of highlights. There's also been a lot of misplay, but you know, you expect to see that in the yep. MC. Uh, definitely a lot of teams that work on search is, is all I'll say. Um, we saw yep. some pretty funny things happening in Garrison search this weekend. But with that being said, uh, <laughs> yeah, that kind of wraps up our thoughts on the, on the cup. And uh, yeah, let us know what you guys want to see in the future, especially with the CDL starting up again. Like, you know, we're going to try to do some, some shorter form content. So, you know, maybe like player profiles, you know, look at back at old events. Let, let us know what you guys want to see. Um, but yes, any closing words? Yeah, no, I think you summed it up pretty much. Uh, we've been loving the support we've gotten on our Twitter account. Um, obviously, we tweet out lots of clips during the Challenger weekends and updates and stats that we're able to get. So appreciate all the support and love. Um, again, like any comments and feedback on this podcast are much appreciated. And as always, look out for our video on Thursday uh, that we're going to be posting with the Elite Series. We're going to go... Uh, I, that one should be really interesting, because especially in North America, as you've seen, lots of uh, potential variations for the top eight. But other than that, you know, please like, subscribe. I think we want to get to 100 subscribers. We're pretty close, so that'd be pretty awesome. But other than that, thank you, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yeah, see you.